I am unashamed. What about you? I watched the third round. I didn't get. I was traveling yesterday, so I didn't get to watch the final round. But I was checking it on my phone. Well, every year, I mean, I watch the Masters. Which, by the way, you were right. You made a prediction that, or which you always have, is the fish doesn't bite before Easter. Yeah. Because I had been sneaking over to Willie's Pond. Nothing. 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 That's right. But I would Which just, also, by the way, we we also predicted per Granny and Paul there would be a cold snap the week of Easter, and there was there was. I mean, it, it's there's I, always one. It's amazing. I so mean. I go over there. I took my because it's Masters week, so I had my and I was going to go play golf for the first time in five months, <laughs> and I didn't want to embarrass myself. I'm at that stage. I in got my invited, career. but I didn't go because I knew I so would embarrass myself. Willie's got his own little course, so I'm like, I'll take a few golf balls and my wedge because I last year I really struggled with chipping and pitching. Yep. But I have also my pole because the fish usually bite right at dark. And so, you know, it's after Easter, so I was, I'm going to try Phil's theory. And I was by myself. Missy was in Austin, and Mia's going back to school, which is awesome. And so as I'm – Yeah, less than a month. That's, less than a month that's back, back in school. Yeah. Just amazing. And so I start walking over, but I hear – I'm starting to hear chatter. I was like, oh, there's people here. There's other people who had the same idea. Well, I look up on the bridge. Willie's got a – he built a bridge on his I – would, I wouldn't call it a pond. It's a lake. It's a small lake. And there's a family. <laughs> I mean, the the dad, the mom, and at least five kids. There's poles in every direction. <laughs> They're running up and down the bridge. Quit doing that. I told you to stop doing that. You know, it's – be quiet. <laughs> So I thought, well, guess I'm just going to work on the old golf game, you know. So I go over to the green, and I'm chipping around, but I'm watching them because they're fishing my hole. I mean, that's where I I have a strategically placed brush top mm-hmm. on, on that bridge. So I watched them an hour. It was about – it was getting dark, and they didn't catch a Nothing. fish. And so five, ten minutes before dark, they leave, and I thought, hmm. Let me just, I got, I got to know. So I waited till they got their vehicle. And as soon as they, they turned, I just took off running. I ran over on the bridge, got my pole, went on the tree. I put that jig down. Of course, I, the last five trips before Easter, no fish. And when I picked up, just boom. And I was thinking that must be a largemouth bass because there's no way it's a crappie. Set the hook. As big a crappie as you will ever see. I would say right under two pounds. Hmm. And I thought, how did they not catch this fish? <laughs> I got him off. I put put it down. They get, pop, here's another one. I They were so big because I'm up on a bridge. I was having to swing them without breaking my line and just <laughs> toss them over the bridge. I put the jig down. <laughs> Well, on the third one, I said, oh, Phil, it's after <laughs> Easter. It's after Easter. He was I said, right I again. think I need one more <laughs> to be to have a mess. just, well, to be just miserably full because <laughs> they were huge. So I, boom, I caught the fourth one and I ran over there. I cleaned them. I did the mustard and flour, black pepper, mustard, rolled them around in flour, ate off, ate fillets, but I, I ate them. Within 20 minutes after I caught him. <laughs> and I just laid on the couch. better than that. Staring at the ceiling saying, I should have stopped at three. I should have stopped at three. Was this on three. Saturday or Sunday? This was a couple days oh, okay. after Easter. So Okay. This is earlier. I mean, morning. I'm not sure During what, Easter, what day it was. I, when I had out, I had out 100 hoop nets and... At times, I would have a trammel, you know, webbing, that wire baskets, everything, everything, every way known to man to catch them. But uh, during Easter, no, you could, they, they just didn't swim into the nets. So I decided after about 
a decade of that. I said, well, during the Easter week, you're just not going <laughs> to do take, very much. Take just take a break. Go. You take a break. You, you're not going. They're going to not going to swim. Yeah. They're not going to feed. Well, they just they're on they're on hold. <laughs> but I did think how embarrassing. From, for when you see, you know, a lot of people, they'll see somebody fishing their hole, which this is Willie's hole. We're all just gathered around <laughs> all his toys. And how embarrassing that this family, you know, I don't know, wrong lure, because they were far enough away. I don't know what they were fishing with. There's no telling. But, you know, how, how embarrassing <laughs> is that? I mean, and they, pro- never knew. What, they, they never knew. They never knew. knew. They, they left us that way. Well, yeah, and they one. probably got home, and their, you know, his buddy called him and said, "What'd you do? Wasn't biting." Yeah, don't know. I mean, maybe they <laughs> caught them all. I mean, they've caught all those fish out. I snuck in and just. Pop, 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 pop. Well, it's kind of like so, duck, duck hunting the dog by you over there. You're liable to sit there from twelve o'clock and get over there about midday. Whether you saw them going in there in the evening, and you sit there for three hours, do not see a duck. You say. It's a dead hole, gar hole, but in fifteen minutes you'll have a limit. Sometimes they right. just they just appear. Yeah, same principle. Well, then the next time I went over, because then I went and played golf. Did you embarrass yourself? Yes. Look, <laughs> tee to green. I mean, it was like I never left. But the first time I had a chip shot, which is the thing I practiced, yep. I just stuck the club in the ground. Mm-hmm. So you know, it always becomes awkward. <laughs> When your playing buddies see that, because they're like, oh, boy. I mean, look, I swung, and the ball did not move. Just yeah. the the turf, it was kind of wet. The turf just kind of kicked up. At and that I, level of play, that's a, that's a like. So, look. You are I, not a master. So, I, I get up there. I kind of chuckled to myself and thought, that was embarrassing. I I do it again. <laughs> so now it's becoming awkward because now I'm out of the hole. We're playing a game where it's kind of hole by yeah, hole. Do you have to hit the ball or you get another shot? Or well. No, the, the, the golf is tallied by the swings. So, like, I was laying two. You swing and miss, you're, you're out. That's, oh. Well, that's I was chipping for, for a birdie, and now I'm chipping for par, and the and, ball hasn't moved. <laughs> now I'm chipping for bogey. So I did this two more times and then just like did just didn't I mean now I'm blacking out cuz I I cannot make this ball move and it's not moving. Yeah. So I just like stuck the club down and just just swung without thinking and look the ball hits twice goes in the hole and just pops out. <laughs> and I said I fixed it. You know until I had the next chipping opportunity and that that pretty well continued the rest of the round yeah. so i got some kind of pitching chipping yips so i'm like darn the masters because the <laughs> masters is what inspires me every year i say I'm, I'm i'm not playing golf anymore over stuff like this and really the concept of it because these guys i could tell they were they felt awkward and i was like it's gonna be okay yeah it's all right because this is right around easter every year when i play because i get inspired by watching the masters but when you think of the contrast of what we're doing, we're trying to put a ball in the ground. Which I would just hear you speak on that matter. And I would think, in my mind, I'm not going to turn to something that turns out to be that stressful. <laughs> yeah. You know, this, I, I would say this is not a good way to, to enjoy You say, let's go to the golf course and let's play. We're all going to be happy, high five. Well, so, this sounds like to me would be very well, stressful. Is, it's embarrassing. It is. It, it was. But I was going to say this. What, what helped me get over it is we just celebrated a person getting his body out of the ground. So yeah, the yeah. difference in con- – so that's why I told my buddy, I was like, oh, I'll be fine. So – because I – you know, but when I watched the Masters, I mean, you had a uh, Hideki Matsuyama won it, which – Who is this? He, he's, he's the first the, Japanese yeah. person to ever win a major. Really? Yep. And so a lot of people are like, who is this guy? I never heard of him. But well, we've been watching him 10 years. Yeah. And even the newscasters, they kept trying to create drama – and I'm, we've been on TV. We know how they do. Yeah. And, but they went with the one thing that was the right thing to go with because they're like, there's a whole nation behind him. <laughs> and look, they kept, they kept cutting to the Japanese 
television. <laughs> Somebody watching or something. <laughs> no, no. I mean, like, the commentators oh, in, in Japanese Plus calling every a, shot. Plus, you can make an argument. This is proof, ladies and gentlemen, that God in heaven does not show favoritism. There you, you go. know what I'm saying? Anywhere on the but, globe. But I felt for the guy, because that was right. Yeah. I mean, he he had the weight of a whole country. Yeah. And... You know, this guy can't even speak English. He has an interpreter, you know, so he's just in his own world. He's a stranger. You see where I'm going with this? He might have been thinking, ching, ching, ching. Oh, that was well, a lot you know, of ching. They <laughs> said that victory probably, what the estimation, made him a billion dollars. <laughs> because with a B. Because Japanese do a lot of advertising. So did you see the, the I saw it last night on Sports Center because I missed it when he won, but they asked him afterwards, they said, are you the best Japanese golfer of all time? That was the question to him. So he answers what in Japanese. I know, it's just too. So, but he answered it beautifully. He said, well, I, I don't, I can't say that. That's for other people to decide. He said, but I am the first one to win a major. So if that's the bar, I just said it. <laughs> <laughs> now that was an answer. I thought well, that's the an they, awesome answer. You know what I liked about this guy? He... You know, he it was a little ragged in the last few holes. He bogeyed like two of the last three or four. And you're like, what happened? He, he was nervous. Yeah. He's, and it's the master. I mean, okay, but he had. that's why you had a four or five shot lead. That's exactly right. And they were like, oh, yeah, they were trying to create some drama. <laughs> and just give me something, you know. But So he wins. Doesn't matter. A year from now, nobody's going to say, no. oh, he bogeyed the last. That's exactly right. He won the master. But look, so he wins it. He takes his hat off. There was no fist pumping and go. It was just like, okay, I won this, which I, I found kind of refreshing yeah, and humbling. Of course, they're like, yeah. this guy lives in a small community in Japan, you know, has a wife and family and drives a minivan. I mean, that, what? that's what they said. I was like, I love it. You know, where he's from, he's from the same town. Remember that tsunami that hit a few years ago and yep. all that stuff was, he oh, lives in that, he lives in that town. Yeah. Ooh, so what I was going to say is, so what the the commentators and what they did, because, you know, they have the honorary starters, which it has been uh, Jack Nicholas and Gary Player. Well, they added another one. And, it used to be Arnold, but he died, Arnold Palmer. Yeah, and it's been different people through right. the years. But what they did this year, which I thought was awesome, that is was the first African-American to ever play in the Masters, mm -hmm. They Lee Elder was yep. his name, they had him. You know, be an honorary starter. He didn't. He didn't hit a ball, but he just stood up. I, I thought that was good, and I looked at it from their perspective, getting you know to where my golf game is compared to celebrating Jesus coming out of the ground. You know, they they were trying to do their part to bring people together, and I think by starting that having Lee Elder as the honorary member, that was a great honorable thing to do. Then you had a guy from Japan win, yeah. so that that turned into the theme. You know, we're we're uniting around the sport of golf. Mm -hmm. Golf is colorblind. That was the idea. So immediately, it made me think of First Peter two. You know, here we are as God's holy nation, a chosen people. That our nation rallies around Jesus in a similar fashion. You know, ever because the excitement and the joy of the nation rooting for their guy. He's in America. And I thought, yeah, but what we're, what we're in and the equality that Jesus represent is so much more of a bigger picture because look at the things you get, you know, forgiveness, a uh, place of origin, yeah. you know, where we came from, what we're doing here and, and how we're leaving. So I think if you keep that in mind, you know, that is, that is the way, if you look at things through that Jesus prism, yeah, yeah, prism that it's motivating because you, you, know, you can it, take any positive thing and then look at it from a spiritual perspective right. and it and it affects you. So let's, uh, let's take a break. So we talk a lot about cell phones on here, Dad, which is not something you really have to deal with, right? You don't you nope. don't have a lot of cell phone I'm issues. Never on the cell phone. <laughs> so you, you, when it comes to cell phone coverage, you don't you know you don't have a preference. Do you? I mean, ironically, when I say what am I missing <laughs> to people who have cell phones, they all say the same thing. 
Nothing. Phil goes back to the cell tower of Babel. That's right. The miscommunication. Exactly. Yeah. Well, for the rest of us, uh, we have to deal with the cell phones, unfortunately. Uh, and one of our sponsors is a company called Patriot Mobile, uh, which has expanded uh, their coverage dramatically, which is makes it easier if you want to switch over to these guys. They have the... Um, I guess they're the only people that proclaim that they're Christian conservatives. So uh, that's one of the reasons why they sponsor our podcast. So if you'd like to switch and check these guys out, it's easy to do. You can keep your phone number. You can bring your own phone. You can buy a new one. You can build your own bundle uh, with discounts. So uh, check these guys out if you're interested. PatriotMobile.com slash Phil. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Phil. Or you can call them at 972-PATRIOT. This month you get a free premier activation if you use the code Phil. So it's PatriotMobile.com slash Phil. Check them out. What's interesting, Jace, is the week started for the Masters with them having a press conference to defend it because they had moved the All-Star game out of Georgia over the voting stuff, and there was a lot of pressure about trying to shut the Masters down, the golf tournament down, because it's in Georgia. So I thought it was interesting that the week started with them basically defending having this golf tournament in the state of Georgia. But yeah. I, the guy really did a beautiful job of describing just what you just said. And yeah. it is ironic that everything that unfolded shows that, you know, you don't have to throw things out and boycott. I mean, instead, celebrate them. I and it was a unifying Yeah. Well, I had moment. a weird... I don't know if it's an argument discussion with somebody in a grocery store, but we were talking about they they watch the podcast and first you know a lot of people say that it's usually a positive thing, but they were kind of like, you know, you don't you talk about having equality in Jesus, but y'all don't offer any solutions. And I I kind of stopped and was like, we're offer solutions. I said Jesus is the solution, <laughs> and their comment was was uh or question was interesting because to me it sums up everything we believe and this chasm in between non-believers and un- I mean uh, believers and unbelievers they said well how is Jesus a plan and yeah. I, I said you're getting close <laughs> because to me they're 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 thinking how you know how you're not you're not dealing with the issues I mean, I'm reading between the lines. What I felt like is they're saying, well, you're not giving a take on, on like the stuff that yeah. happened in Georgia. And, right. Well, I keep going to Jesus saying that is the umbrella. Are we against uh, inequality? Absolutely. Right. Or, or looking at someone based on their their color and saying, oh, you're not a human. I mean, we were talking about that before the podcast gets started. I mean, to us, we feel the same way. Uh, about unborn babies. We feel like they're saying they're not humans. That's right. And we're trying to represent them, saying, no, these these are these are people. This is their origin is God. And so what I thought what made me think, and because when I got home and studied what we're even doing, you think about the theme of Acts, which Phil has brought up many times, they focused on the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus because the death of Jesus is where we get forgiveness and the resurrection. But also, it was all these cultures coming together. I mean, that's just the theme. I mean, the the divisions back then was no different than it is now. And they were going around, and all the problems they were having was because of these divisions. But I ran upon, which I know you are familiar with it, but based on what we've been studying and what I wish I would have said, you need to go read Romans 15 in my in my argument. You know, in Romans 15, and, and it's perfect for where we're at in Acts now, he starts off saying, we who are strong ought to bear with the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. Each of us should please his neighbor for his good to build him up. For even Christ did not please himself, but as a it is written, the insults of those who insult you have fallen on me. For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us so that through endurance and encouragement of the Scriptures we may, we may have hope. And then these next two verses is to deal with the, uh, I mean, the next three verses dealing with this, why is Jesus the plan on bringing people together? He said, may the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you a spirit of unity among yourselves as you follow Jesus. 
so that with one heart and mouth you may glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And here's why that is the plan. Accept one another then, just as Christ accepted you in order to bring praise to God. Hmm. I mean, I think it's a really spelled out in, in our culture with all the differences and people even at a golf tournament trying to do something about all this division. And the person who asked me how is Jesus is, is a is a plan, I'm I'm glad they asked me because I when I read that I thought that's how it's a plan. Yep. Yeah. Well and I think part of the problem is just people feel like the way we are now in a hugely polarized society is you always have to pick a side and then you've always got to die on a hill. And that the mindset is we're just going to take a little step back and get a little bit above that, the idea that, you know, yeah. in, in Christ there's something different. I mean, it's just a – to me, it's a much calmer, um, more relaxed place to be than always in the mm-hmm. throes of this back and forth. You know, you got to be left, you got to be right. Well, I feel sorry for the people who doesn't believe in Jesus because they're trying to take each, each issue – that yeah. comes up and trying to figure out where, how they feel about it. Right. And I'm like, well, God gives you this moral compass and this foundation to base decisions on. And I can always go to the red letters and see how Jesus is and then accept people how he did. And if you do that, that will be universally accepted. Yeah. That's why Peter and, and, uh, We've already covered this in Acts, but chapter 10, right in the middle of the book of Acts, Peter began to speak, I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts men from every nation who fear him and who do what is right. And then he preaches the gospel to them. You see that over and over and over and over. Romans chapter 2, the same thing. You know, he said, if just be, go around doing good and uh, watch. He says the same thing. When so Paul addresses the church at Rome, here's where it reads. Uh, God will give to each person according to what is done, according to whether he loves God and loves his neighbor. He said, these people were engaged in passing judgment on someone else. And the Apostle Paul saying, Whatever you pass judgment on someone else, you're judging yourself. You're condemning yourself because you're guilty of the same thing. You can't cancel people out. Then he gets over here. The ones who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he'll give eternal life. But for those who are self-seeking and who reject the truth and follow evil, there'll be wrath and anger. There'll be trouble and distress for every human being who does evil, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile. But peace for everyone who does good, first for the Jew, then for the Gentile, for God does not show favoritism. And he's made the, the, uh, the escape easy. Just listen to the message about Jesus, embrace it, and love your God and love your neighbor, and everything will work out. There's no favoritism in any of that. There's no bigger, higher color of skin, financial, whether you get the money or not, from yeah. all the way down to the poorest of the poor, the riches of the rich, from all nations, all colors, all creeds, all come together. There's neither slave nor free nor male nor female, nor none of that. It's all y'all yeah. one in Christ. It's a it's a beautiful thing. It is. Boy, to get people to, to, to be that way, whoo. Well, I made, I made a point a few pa- podcasts ago that one of the life-changing moments I made is when I quit focusing on trying to accept Jesus and realize that he ac- accepts me, right. which is where this verse is where I get that, where it said, accept one another then just as Christ accepted you. Because what that does is you realize that that's based on grace. And and one of the themes, you know, Phil, Phil did share, you know, most times we get together, he, he has that urge to say, because the more you study Acts, all these stories, he's like, yeah, but the mission was the, the same. They kept sharing Jesus. Right. 
But I noticed that one of the themes was they kept bringing up grace. I I looked up just in reading where we are now because it's really it's hard to go verse by verse because it's these it's just a narrative story of them traveling here and mm-hmm. uh, I read somewhere that Paul basically in these journeys traveled ten thousand miles and planted fourteen churches. And he wasn't like riding in a car. I mean, donkeys. Walking, a lot of walking. Boat. A lot of ships. So one of the themes that came up was grace, and I jotted these down. Uh, Hang on, Jess. Let's take a break. So one of the things I realized recently uh, is that I needed to have a high credit score. I hadn't really had to borrow any money in a long time, so I didn't realize that that was important. You know, people say, what's the best score? But I realized when you go in and you talk to a loan person, the higher your score, the better interest rates you get. So it does save you some money. One of our uh, sponsors is a company called ScoreMaster. Basically, on average, you can add 61 points to your credit score in 20 days or less uh, by using their formula, which is really good, especially if you got a loan coming up. So you want to check these guys out, uh, scoremaster.com slash fill. It takes about a minute to enroll. You get to see your points, and then you also get to see how your points go up, uh, which is very good. So it's scoremaster.com slash fill. Check these guys out if you got a loan coming up or something you need to borrow some money. It's going to save you some long-term cash. So scoremaster.com slash Phil. I mean, if you just look at how God's grace is this glue that brings us together and Jesus on a cross being being the basis for how we operate, you know, accept one another as Christ accepted you. I mean, you immediately go to the cross because we're all flawed. And he said, here, I'm, I'm going to do this for you. You know, in 1123, just to get to where we are, because I think we're in, where are we at, around 16, 16 chapter yeah. 16. In 1123, it said, when he arrived and saw the evidence of the grace of God, which... You know, when you read around that, they had been sharing Jesus and he arrived and he saw the evidence of the grace of God. So I thought, what does that mean? It's a that that phrase got my attention because it's awesome to see the evidence of the grace of God, which I I mean, what do you all think he saw? It's what what he saw. He saw God. You'd have to look. What's the what's the hands? Hey, he's he's he said. <laughs> now watch. Count the times. You count the time, Jace. Uh, that came out of the book of Acts because the church is spreading quickly. So Paul addresses the church at Rome. And so watch. Paul, a servant of Christ Jesus. Add them up on how many times you see the word called, called to be an apostle and set apart for the gospel of God. The gospel he promised beforehand, Jesus is coming through the Old Testament, through his prophets and in the, in the, in the Holy Scripture, regarding his son, who as to his human nature was a descendant of David, and who through the spirit of holiness was declared with the power to be the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. He's still on the gospel. Jesus Christ our Lord. Through him and for his namesake, we receive grace and apostleship. You say, why? To call People from among all the Gentiles, you're like, boy, watch, that's twice, to the obedience that comes from faith. And you also, you Romans, are among those who are called to belong to Jesus Christ, that's three, to all in Rome who are loved by God and called to be saints, that's four. In other words, God was calling them through the work of the Apostle Paul and the ones that preached the gospel that were with them, he was saying, come on, come on. The message itself, he was saying, come on, come on together under one head, even Jesus, come on, come on. Well, the 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 kicker is there's a few, according to Jesus, who called back. They called back. They they said, they, they're like, well, I want that, I want it. 
So yeah. some call back. Most of them say, well, I don't know what y'all up to talking about somebody came out of came out of heaven and God becoming a human being. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> he died and then three days later he resurrected and life and immortality is yours. And they're like, you talking to me? I'm like, yeah, I think I mean, these are old writings. I'm just reading you what it said. For me, I, I think the evidence of the grace of God, and we still see it today. For me personally, is changed lives. Yep, People yeah. that that came in a certain way, and then what comes out is something totally different. I'm thinking of a young couple at our church that I remember when they first moved here. He's from Nebraska, brink of divorce, been married a while, but just you know, lifestyle was out of control, and. Finally, they both surrendered, to, and that was 10 years ago. Now they're both leaders. He's one of the leaders in our church. That's what I see as the evidence of, yep. of grace is when people yeah. go all in and change. And I think that's what Paul was seeing. I mean, and again, Jace, you made an interesting point earlier. You know, in this, they were pretty colorblind, the sense of there's a lot of people from Africa involved. It wasn't necessarily about race. It was more about whether you were a Jew or a Gentile. You know, yep. or, or I should yep. say a Jew or a non-Jew was the idea. So when they're watching all these Gentiles come in, Paul's like, he never even thought that was possible. Yeah. He wouldn't have exactly. gone near a Gentile. That's right. His whole life up until he was 30 That's years right. old. And now he's seeing all these people and falling in love with them. I mean, it, it really is pretty amazing. Yeah. So what I was going to share is, you know, in 1123, he talked about that grace, the evidence in 1343, he mentions again, but... In 14.3, which I'm just leading to where we're at now, it said Paul and Barnabas spent considerable time there speaking boldly for the Lord, who confirmed the message of his grace. They were promoting grace once again. And in verse 26, it says uh, they had committed to the grace of God for the work had now been completed. Then when you get to 15, you have the issue about circumcision comes up, which we talked about. And so then in verse 11, he said, we believe it is through the grace of our Lord Jesus that we're saved just as they are. He then says that in 40, but I read all that just to, so to share that that was a theme that brought them together to get to chapter 20 and 24, because he, he just kind of summed everything up. And I love this statement. He says, in chapter 20 and 24. However, I consider my life worth nothing to me if only I may finish the race and complete the task the Lord Jesus has given me, which is what Phil's point was about they were calling people. Yep. And then he says this, there's a dash and says, the task of testifying to the gospel of God's grace. And then in verse 32, <clears throat> He says, now I commit you to God and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified, which I thought that was the practical thing for what it does. God's grace builds us up and it gives us a future and an an inheritance because it's just that good. Yeah, I agree. And it's kind of interesting because that kind of gets us up to where we are in Acts 16. And we mentioned Timothy last time we were talking about circumcision because, you know, it's it's obvious that Paul and, and you read the book Galatians know that you don't add anything to the gospel. And yet, you know, Timothy was kind of an interesting choice for a young protege because he was a hybrid. He had a Jewish mother and grandmother, but he had a Greek father. And so he was uncircumcised, but Paul circumcised him so he would have more bona fides with the, you know, as they went forward with the Jewish community. So I thought that was interesting that he would pick this guy. But I think that shows you Paul's growth too, because you remember what he said? I can't remember where the verse is. He said, I became all things to all men to win some. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's so, in Corinthians. Yeah. The idea there is that his, his motive was the gospel bit getting out there. And so, all the other stuff that become issues to so many people, Paul was like, there's no issue that's bigger than that. So yeah. he, he basically operated with whatever helps me reach the most people in the period of time I have, that's what I'm going to do. Now, I might have been wrong when I was standing there with him, but when he brought it up to me on what he's fixing to do to Timothy, have it done, I would have said, I think I would 
think about that before I did that. <laughs> <laughs> you might question that. You might cause more trouble than it's worth well, right there. It may have. It's, well, it's really interesting that, that, that that's exactly I might have been wrong by advising him, but I said, I don't believe I'd stay off of that. That's right. But, but I did. think what he got him through was he was humble. That's why I just read he, he considered himself nothing. You know, I sent two texts to somewhat famous people, and we were talking about the uh, – the masters, you know, I'm, I met, uh, Bubba Watson. I don't know if you saw that, but during, I think the final day, which was the last day of the tournament, they did an interview with him. Of course, I'm like, what's this going to be about? And he basically kind of told, shared his heart and told his story about struggling where he lost a bunch of weight. You remember mm -hmm. it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. So the interviewer just said, well, what was the problem? And he's like, fame. <laughs> And I thought uh, it was it it was just shocking. He's like, you know, I got to listening to what I got to listening to people saying how great what, I am. <laughs> well, or or saying you're no no good, right? Yeah. And uh, he's like, I was basing my decisions on that, and uh, instead of you know something more solid. And I thought, man, but he's like, you know, I got good people around me. Uh, you know, I got my perspectives right now, and so I I sent him a, a text is what I was oh yeah what, what I was getting at, and of course the other person, of course I sent him the basically the same text, but the other person was a guy I mentioned a few podcasts ago uh, ago was Alex Lane, who played for LSU baseball. He got called up to the majors, and I was like, first I was gonna say congratulations, you know, but I was like. Well, dang, he 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 should have already been there, and he's just getting started. So that's basically what I put. But I sent him basically the same text because I was, I heard a really good sermon yesterday, which was, uh, what was the name of that? Um, Hang on, just let's take a break. while I think of that? That's interesting because, um, you know, we know Bubba, and of course he he's won two masters. Yeah, he's won two masters. Right. Uh, some people, here's the name of the sermon. Some people can't get past their past. That was the title of it. And it was, it went over the concept of everything we do to motivate ourselves, you know, in relationships or business or in their case, golf and baseball. We come up with these slogans like, you know, we got to overcome adversity. Uh, we got to get back up, you know, when we get knocked down or we got to get it more right than we get it wrong. I mean, all these famous cliches that we use. But when you step back and think about it, we have to do those things because we all make mistakes. Well, we all have flaws. There's going to be times where you just. So if you're basing your worth on your performance, you're, you're going to be in for a lot of frustration. Yep. So then I. I went to uh, Galatians 2.20. God's grace makes everything different. And I quoted this in an easy-to-read translation. I have been crucified with Christ, and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And later on it says, I do not underestimate the grace of God, for if getting it right could be accomplished through me, Christ died for nothing. Which is through the law, you know, if it could, if it could, if I could get it right through my performance or keeping the law or how good, good I was, number one, that's going to be frustration. Number two, you're never going to be able to pull it off. And so, you know, I think in, in both those cases, one is going good, you know, with my buddy playing baseball, he just got called up, but I was foreseeing that, look, this is going to be a tough road. It's an imperfect game. It's hard to stay long because it's really based around trying to get it more right than wrong. It's, yeah, it's just a, if you're basing it on your performance, you know, it goes back to the same illustration where we, where we started. If you're getting real shook up because you're chili dipping and embarrassing yourself, <laughs> I mean, if that's all I had, well, of course I'd be, I, I would be beside myself. Yep. But when you start looking at the greater picture, which is God's grace, God calling us, the resurrection, th these things have to be put into perspective. Yep. Plus the apostle Paul, you got to remember 
uh, so that no one would would uh, mistake what he had done to Timothy, had Timothy circumcised to do a little bit better with the Jews where we might win some. You were running a good race. He's talking to people now in Galatia. They're saying you have to be. It's the gospel of Jesus plus circumcision. Uh, who cut in on you, kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Y'all need to get off of this circumcision thing. I'm confident in the Lord, and you'll, you'll take no other view. The one that you'll take no other view. The one who is throwing you into confusion will pay the penalty, whoever he may be, this, whoever's saying you have to be circumcised. Brothers, if I'm still preaching circumcision, if y'all think I'm far off what happened to Timothy, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. As for those agitators, the one that say you had to be circumcised, check this out. I wish they would go the whole way and emasculate themselves, just cut the whole thing off. You know, you you can't make this stuff up. You read it. He said, let me tell you something. You think I'm for that. I wish they'd just go ahead and cut it all off and get it over with. That's pretty no, blunt I'm, to say I'm you don't have to be circumcised plus the gospel of Jesus. I just thought I'd throw that in because I thought it, think, thought it kind of funny. I think that's... <laughs> the reason the Bible's rated R in some places. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you don't hear that in a sermon very often, do you? No, you don't hear that one. <clears throat> in modern times. But you think about it, if he made that a point, he said, I'm not for this action right. of having to be circumcised. I, I want to make that clear. And if you know, and that's making it pretty clear. Yeah, and yet he navigated like I said, the situation, because that, that was a fault line in the early church. Was I mean, I've read all the verses and put them together about that, but I just thought right. I would have been, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have circumcised Timothy, but who am I to say to an apostle, you can't do that. But, right. he, but he did make it clear later on in his writings. Which look. is my point is about that, is that's why context is important, because certain situations may call for something different. You know, yeah. circumcision is in the way. You're trying to get people to turn to Jesus. He said, well, maybe if we circumcise Timothy, maybe that... Because, well, here's what we look for, Dad. We look for the blanket. You're trying to win them. We look for the blanket rule. See, it would be easier for us to say, you know what? Nobody should ever get circumcised again. <laughs> that's, then that's we'll right. never have to worry about that's it. Right. Here's what I never figured out, though, about this. I mean, y'all, you brought this up, Phil, so I don't... I'm like, why are they putting such a big... Emphasis on something that nobody's going to know about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. you're who, not. Who are the checkers in this world? I mean, it's I don't know. The craziest the, thing. I don't know how the Middle Eastern work, but you know, when I go into a urinal, I'm not looking to the right or the left. Eyes <laughs> forward. Any time. <laughs> I don't. Eyes forward and no conversation. Whoa, no yeah. circumcision. The only. <laughs> I I had one instance in my life. I was actually at the Superdome watching the saints play where I walked into a bathroom and there was a guy urinating in the in, sink. In the sink. But, uh, <laughs> and and but I thought in defense of this guy who was probably drunk, the sink looks a lot like a urinal. Yeah. I think he thought it was a urinal. <laughs> and I thought, Superdome oh, has some weird. this <laughs> is, they need a wall. But, uh, so my point is about Timothy and this issue is like, I mean, I guess they would they would know, or they they would be asked, and you wouldn't lie. Well, here's the thing. Here, here's the deal. Let's take our last break. I think what happened is Paul wanted to be able when he Timothy's in speaking to in the synagogue, he it would be known that he had a Greek father. I mean, his heritage would matter. They they knew about mom and grandma. So Paul wanted, and the ones over there and the the circumcised would be saying exactly has he been circumcised? So because? it was more about his his pedigree than anything. If he was going to be his protege, how, you're right how would they know? That makes sense. Well, because they would know he had a Greek dad, so he wasn't circumcised. See, to me, this is the problem with human beings. This kind of thinking, just right. I mean, but Jace, it's all over the earth right now. It's, right. It, I think it's changed. I mean, but these I, rules and and. This will make you holy, and if you do this, and you mistreat your body, but, and you scratch, <laughs> you're scratching your body with sharp, and you're bleeding for you out under a tree, and all you do every day is is mutilate your flesh because it's evil, which, and I have these which evil happens, yeah, to people. But yeah. you know, here's the thing: Paul had the same frustration though, Jace, because remember a few chapters back, he's he's trying to speak. He goes to the synagogue first. He starts there, and then he works his way out. 
But he was like, he got so sick of the these stuff from the Jewish mindset that he was like, I, that's it. I'm done. I'm not sharing anymore with the Jews. That's true. I, I'm Gentiles only. He that's said true. that earlier. Well, oh, then yeah. you get to 16 and 17. He shows up at Philippi. Where does he go? First place he goes is the synagogue. So he had a grace for him because I think it's because he was that guy. Yeah. For so long. And so he kept thinking, I, I can break through some. And a few of them did believe. Remember, there was a synagogue oh, yeah. earlier that, that believed. It well, was, that may be about what you said before. I mean, they were coming all things to all men. But human beings, so, cause, cause I, the reason he was I trying went, to work in his culture, and it was a tough culture because of not only this issue, but a lot of other Rules things. and regulations. Oh, but they were focused on, on God's grace. And I just yeah. proved that. I mean, right. over and over and over, if they were trying to at least have the attention of both sides or all the divisions of the human being. Here's what I said about Paul. The the beautiful thing about him, and you learn this from Acts 15, is he showed as much grace for the legalist as he did for the people that were eating the sexual immorality, eating the food, sacrificed to idol. I mean, the the Gentiles had their issues too. Yeah. But grace goes both ways. It's just what happens is, Jesus, to me, it's much harder to show grace to a legalist because they are well, so self-righteous. It's, yeah. it's, it's, Whereas uh, the other guy's like, you know, I'm a screw up. It, it's, it's easier to show him grace. It's Luke 15. Yeah. You had two <clears throat> two people. You, everybody thinks it's the prodigal son. Wrong. Yeah, the it, whole story's it, written for the older brother. <laughs> well, uh, well, it's more about the father. Yeah. But both sons were had... Took God's grace for That's granted. Right. That's right. <laughs> One left it, and and the other thought by his own performance that he was deserving of, of every uh, gift. Uh, yeah, of the gifts. Well, both missed the grace of God. Right. I mean, if I had to pick one. I would rather be the guy in the pig pen, and those are the people. Well, at least I'd he came to a sense study with, because right. that. Well, you're like, well, you know this. Right. This is not going to work. But it's so difficult when you're talking to somebody who thinks they have everything on straight, and they usually are mean and judgmental, just like the older brother. Right. Those are just difficult conversations. So, I mean, I do commend Paul for for having that sympathy and, and compassion for them. Because, Al, we, you and I have been in more discussions with people where I'm, it is very hard. Yep to love these people it is. who are just so judgmental and mean and have missed God's grace. You know, it's a, it, at our church, I, I'll never forget a few years ago, I had one of those moments like that, Jace, because at, at our church, you know, people have always felt pretty open to come forward and share what's going on in their lives. And we've, you know, prayed with and heard a lot of tough stuff that people have done. But I'll never forget one day, one Sunday, a guy came forward and he was a legalist. He was he was from a little church nearby, but somebody had an association with us. I mean, just one of them hard heads, you know, everybody's wrong for everything. And he came forward one Sunday morning, I'll never forget this, and he asked forgiveness for the sin of legalism. He said, <laughs> I, I've been a legalist my whole life. He said, I look at the war, you know, I've just, I've stri- and you know, it, it really moved me because I had never heard anybody repent of legalism before. And it, it made me think, you know, you know what? I got to show this guy as much grace as I do. The guy that came forward last week, that's got a, you know, has been, you know, sleeping around or on drugs because mm-hmm. it's just sin. I mean, you know, and so I, I think Paul to his credit had that view, but I think him being a reformed legalist was part of the reason why. Yeah. Yep. It's a good point. But, no- but a lot of people, you have to get something, you have to get a narrative in your mind that works to justify your lifestyle. Yeah, that's right. Which I think a lot of that, what we call legalism, is is set up that way. I mean, the older brother in Luke 15, he, he was comfortable with his decisions in his life, just like the rich young ruler. He's like, you know, keep the commandments. Yeah, I kept them. I'm, I'm good. And so Jesus knows the heart. He's like, well, go sell everything you have. And then all of a sudden... He went away sad. <laughs> went away because sad. Because he was a man of great wealth, yeah. And he was probably a liar. Yeah, I bet you kept him up. But he was probably a really good person. Well, it prompted the disciples to look at the situation and say, if he can't do it, yeah. well, what about the rest of it? I mean, how, we can't compare to that guy, but they missed they missed it too, you know, because th- that's the line where Jesus says, with man, this is impossible. With God, all things are possible. Loving God and loving your neighbor, God's tried to make it as simple as he could. Just keep it simple. Love me, 
for what I've done for you. Love your neighbor. Don't don't judge him or condemn him. The ones that are, yeah, 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 bad mouthed, pray for them and keep moving. Don't hold against them. Don't get angry with, with the human race because it's easy to get angry with them. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've told you before. I remember they're putting I, spray I, I, paint on Bill and F you and everybody else, yeah. and you're like, whoa, whoa. I really, so great. I like this this show that uh, Missy put me on, you know, The Chosen. Because Are you like, in the second season now? No, I'm like... The second four, season's I'm, out now. Yeah, I'm so. four or five episodes in. But what I was going to say is they do a good job at uh, at at the characters and making it more real than I think even when you read it. Because you realize these are, you know, there's, there's human beings. And one of the... I, I think it was episode three, maybe two or three... When Mary, they took that verse at the end of one of the Gospels that says she had had the demons or whatever yeah. before, so right. they kind of went back. Did her, her backstory. Yeah. Yeah. And what I really liked, the whole episode, was about the awkwardness of being redeemed. Because she didn't know all the customs, and, well, Jesus showed up, and she's like, well, will you do it. I mean, they were doing the... I can't even remember what the word is called, but where they had the meal and well, she was having all the guests there, but she had, she'd been demon, she had demons <laughs> and she'd been in bars and that's kind of where she came from. And now Jesus had touched her, redeemed her and everything she was doing felt awkward. And they really captured that awesomely because mm. when you apply it to just a normal conversion, it is awkward to live a Christian life. I yeah. remember Phil saying one time the hardest thing it was for him to do post Jesus, yeah, was sing. Yeah. Something so simple. I couldn't even sing from a song it, book. It's yeah. so awkward. And I think that's what holds people back from, you know, humbling themselves and, and coming to Jesus is because they're like, well, I just don't think I can do it. And but that was you gotta like, embrace that awkwardness. It's what Corolla told you on his podcast the other day. He said I I want what you have, but I don't think I'm cut out for it. He said, yeah. I don't think it's in me. It's in me, right. And that's just what we're talking about. You've got to be willing. God's grace allows you to, it's okay to be embarrassed. It's okay. That's why a lot of people who saw that interview about Bubba, I'm sure it made them really uncomfortable. Yeah. But I know where that was coming from. Yeah. I'm like, we're open and honest. because We know deal. we're forgiven. We're, we're going to be right. We have to move on. And if you want to learn from my, you know, weaknesses have at it that's good all right we're out of time we gotta roll thanks for listening to the unashamed podcast help us out by rating us on itunes and don't miss an episode by subscribing on youtube and be sure to click that little bell to get notified about new episodes and for even more content that you won't get anywhere else subscribe to blaze tv at blaze tv.com slash unashamed